C'è la luna mezza mare, mamma mia, mamma redare. Welcome everybody to Hollywood Godfather. And we have a very interesting guest. I've known her since she's a little girl. First, I want to introduce my co-host and writer, Pat Picciarelli. Hi, everybody. And Megan, our millennium. She's going to feel very comfortable having another lady on the show. We very rarely have ladies, fortunately. And I can vouch for this girl. In fact, she actually interviewed me. I don't know if you even remember it at a CNN building on Sunset many years ago. Do you remember that, Allison? Of course I remember. I remember very well. How could I not remember interviewing you? <laughs> That's the voice of Allison Martino. And her father, obviously, is the famous Al Martino. And he sang at my most famous wedding. In fact, the only wedding I really liked was on, on film only. And I was able to go home and take off my clothes. <laughs> And not take my bride with me. <laughs> How well, are you, my love? A lot of history, don't we? My God. <laughs> 50 years next year. Well, you weren't around for that, though. You came later. Well, the thing is, I was born in 70. Oh, so wow. But you were a baby, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was two or three years old when the movie was being made and was released. But I was, it's part of my upbringing, you know, just being oh. it always in my life. Oh, yeah. Well, it's like my daughter, Gia. She's 52, and she was being passed around to these this old man that she couldn't understand who it was until later on when she got old and realized it was Marlon Brando who that old man was. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know, right? It's just it's just like that movie was always there in my life, you I, know, and I, I think it was the first movie I ever saw. I kind of skipped the Disney thing and went right into seeing The Godfather at like four or five, and Knowing my dad was on television, and and I think being a singer also kind of was a, an extra additive of him singing in the house and then oh, being yeah, able to see I mean, movies and stuff. No, I mean that as far as I'm concerned, that movie and most people uh, don't know uh, my my whole I mean, my team here knows. Uh, I basically uh, I'm so wired to Paramount and Viacom yet because of the, you know I, I own all the digestibles liquor food on the Corleone label <laughs> so, so I'm just like hello next year is going to be a banner year for us yes because of the 50th anniversary which mm -hmm. we want to get into because I know I, I have people on the inside that <laughs> in fact I have a producer that's on that set and I'm I'm interested to hear what you're hearing about your dad, and we're talking about the documentary of making the Godfather, and I believe it's all through the eyes of Al Ruddy. Right, right. Is that what you know I mean, about it? Tell you what I know so far is yes, we know that the 50th anniversary is going to be released next year. My dad goes way back with Al Ruddy to the beginning of the Godfather's infancy before even Francis Coppola was attached to it. Right. So Al and Dad had known each other. Dad had that role from the beginning, and it was never an audition situation. Uh, Phyllis McGuire of the McGuire Sisters had read the book. She was a friend of my dad's. She said, this part is gonna be great. They're making a movie. It was gonna be mostly more about Johnny Fontaine. The book is much more about Johnny. Right. But she 
you. It's it's you live this part, and his dad had to leave and ask for a favor once in his career. And it was very dad's. I think he really could have nailed that. She said. So Bob Evans uh, said. Well, yours. Well, let's hold that thought a minute. It's funny because Phyllis McGuire was very involved with me before the Godfather mm -hmm. because of Sam Giancana. Right, right. And Sam and I and Sinatra and Marilyn Monroe spent the last weekend of her life together in Calneva. I know. And, and so, I mean, it's funny. To, and I didn't know your father's relationship with, with Phyllis at the time. Yeah, was but, Phyllis that encouraged him to go out for it. And as sure. you all know, we, the movie was going to end up being... Um, so dad had the part and then Bob, I remember my mom saying when Bob brought the script over and knocked on our door, he was just a block away and they were going through it and dad was looking at all the different wardrobe changes he was going to have and, and he always could say, I knew I had a lot of scenes because I had a lot of wardrobe changes. Yep. But then it's drink. <laughs> okay. Oh, well, you know, the pressure they were getting from Mickey Rudin, they took right. a lot of the stuff out that when they were trying to say Sinatra was romancing a young child actress. And there was, I mean, right. Sinatra, like your father, got the same call. Your father and I got the same call, actually, of not being in it. And Well, I, that's not actually right. Dad okay. never got the call that he didn't have it. And that's No, no, I not that he didn't have it. No, oh, no, no. Okay. No, I'm talking Sorry, about so got the call from Sinatra asking oh, him not oh, to do oh, it. Oh, oh, <laughs> I have I have a lot of stories about that. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. So. There are these stories and that Vic Damone had planted in, in maybe the Hollywood Reporter or after the movie came out that he was approached for the Johnny Fontaine part, okay? Now, I'm not saying he wasn't, but what we knew is that Bob Evans and Al Ruddy said the Johnny Fontaine part is yours, it's done, you're, it's you. Right. Then when... And then he thought, well, maybe I don't want Al Martino. Maybe I want Vic Damone. And I don't know how far they went with it, but but Vic was did not take the part. Okay, he, he I think he didn't want to. He didn't even want it. Number one, he didn't, he didn't want dad, to get involved with it. And right. see, you you being an infant, Frank, Dad knew that Frank was going to get upset with well, that yeah. part. But my dad had more guts, in my opinion, to take the part because Bob said, once you take this part you're probably not going to play Las Vegas ever again. He because his influence there, Frank had such influence, was so mad about that Johnny Fontaine party he wanted it squashed and gone. That dad said, I'm willing to take that. Uh, I'm going to take that chance. Well, your father was a big star anyway, worldwide. So, you know, mm -hmm. your father was already a recognized worldwide star, worldwide star. And this only enhanced his career, I think. You know, I mean, like, I guess nobody knew what this movie was going to be. Marlon Brando wasn't even attached yet. I guess when Marlon came in, then my dad realized this is going to be a, it's going to be heavy, uh, going to be acting with Marlon Brando. But I, I don't think that there was, dad felt um, a, a lot of fuzzy in love when he walked on that set with, with Francis Bowman. But you know, the, the bottom line was, and I was there to, to witness it as an adult and not hearsay, Francis felt that he did not cast the movie. Right. He had to have your father. He had to have me. There were certain people he had to have. And yeah. that was it. The deal was made. That, right. But the stories changed, Johnny, as you know, through through the years. Oh, my okay? God. Tell me about it. Like, And that's why we're here talking, because now they're doing this mini series about the making of The Godfather. 
And, uh, you know, I've been a little, wonder, wonder what they're gonna do. And I, I do have a little insider myself. So I, I actually I actually read some of it. And uh, I was a little taken back by how far they're going with this Vic Damone pursual in this film. And the interesting thing is they, they have the scene where uh, uh, Al Ruddy and Coppola and, and Mario Puzo go to the Sands Hotel in, in Las Vegas to approach him to almost beg him to do this film. And he didn't, Victimon wasn't even playing the Sands in 1970. No, so but the, fu the funniest thing is, as you know, this is Al Ruddy, who's in his 90s, and he's glorifying his importance. I know, I know a lot of the script you do. They're not even addressing me at all. They want nothing to do with the mob. They want nothing. I mean, they're trying to make it like you know. But, but I'm gonna you you know me all, all most of your life. I'm going to capitalize on it no matter what. So to me, say anything you want. <laughs> I have my stories. I'm here to, to, to support my father's legacy. Right. I don't like reading where this is going. Right. I don't know why Al is doing this. I mean, I wanted to show you this photo. My dad was actually the one headlining the Sands in 1970 when they all came, Mario and Bob and, and Francis. This is the photo. This is them in Vegas. When I they love approach, it. Oh, that's funny. See? Okay. Now, I don't know if they're changing it that this was supposed to be Vic. <laughs> Which, you know, Hollywood, they'll do anything. You know, yes, they, they may put no, Phyllis McGuire in, too. <laughs> I, I don't know why they've decided. I mean, Johnny, don't you don't you think that the story of, of Al Martino taking the part of Johnny Fontaine and getting banned from Vegas is an interesting storyline, more interesting than just Vic turning it down? is, you know, I've only read episode, well, I've read episode one and two. I don't know where they're going with the rest of it. I don't know if they're gonna come back to the Johnny Fontaine character, they're just gonna leave it at Victor Moon didn't take it, now we're moving on. You know, I've, I've tried to reach out to them. I've tried the director, I've tried Michael Token, I've tried out- Oh, Robbie. they don't wanna know. They're not gonna call me. They're so, not gonna call you, no. No, but I actually knew the Ruddies. You know, I knew the Ruddy. I mean, I grew up with them and Wanda's a friend, so I thought maybe they would, you know, I don't know, just calm me down or something. You know? No, but no, there's just been no, uh, no. So I, I feel. Do you like know why? Not... How many? That, that okay. would be like me calling them too, and there's a line of other people calling them. They're, yeah, they're not going to make what we want. They're going to make what they're doing. And but they're I guess I just want to. Why? Why are you changing? Why are you making this someone else? That's that's what I don't. That's what I don't understand. Ma make sure you get uh, Megan. A copy of that picture. That'd be a great way to exploit this show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you could write the byline. I mean, I you could say that's not Vic Damone. That's Al Martino. <laughs> it's not Vic, and I'm like, Al, are you getting them confused? <laughs> yeah. No. Well, he is no. 94. I don't think Mario Puzo would be too happy either with a couple of the storylines I've read in those scripts. So. And you know, you never know how many rewrites it's going to go through by the time we see it. Yeah. But um, there, there are ideas to release it on the 50th anniversary. I know, March 15th. Yeah. What have you heard? Oh, I know everything about it. I, I can't <laughs> give you the name. A very close friend of mine that I, he was, he was a schoolmate of my son at Arizona State, and um, he was sharing a room. And now I, I, all my life, he, I know him through Hollywood and. I can't mention who he worked for because then you'd know who he is. But he's on that staff. 
and uh -huh. in, in an original creative meeting, he said, how are you incorporating Johnny Russo and Carlo in this? They said, we're not. Yeah. And he said, yeah. what are you talking about? How did Carlo get the part? He said, don't, we're, we're not going there. <laughs> how do Maybe, you? <laughs> they were leaving dad out of it totally. So I'm just like, I mean, I'm, I'm either they're going to do the wrong storyline or they're not going to do a, a storyline. They're just not going to do what you said, what, what we want. Yeah, but and, the bottom line, you and I could team up against the whole thing and get more publicity. You're controversial as I am. Hello. <laughs> well, I, I don't like, um, you know, my dad taught me a lot about this business. You know, they, they'll, they'll kick you down the street until they need you back. And Of course. You know, You're as good as you your know, last movie if we need you for the next movie. Exactly. <laughs> but, you know, I haven't had much of a conversation with really anybody from the film but you. You know, I mean, Bob Evans and I were, we were tight. I loved Bob and I went over to, to see Bob about five years ago at the office when he was at Paramount. Yeah. And we sat down together and I said, Bob, uh, Bob, like, did dad really get that part? I mean, did he really get it? Was anybody else considered? No way, you know, I mean, he was no, just Bob, so. No, Bob made his decision. Bob gave the list of who he wanted. Yeah, yeah and, and it was, that was he, it. He, he cast that said, dad you, dad, you have it. And when and when Coppola comes in, there's, he can't do anything about it. No, I know. Yeah. Well, that's what pissed I'm, Francis off. When there's a famous story. Funny. When Dad was about to go do the scene with Marlon, and you know they were doing a lot of scenes that day, and Dad was sort of waiting, and Marlon said to Coppola, "Well, who, what are we shooting next?" He's like, "Well, we have to do the Johnny Fontaine scene." Well, who's playing Johnny again? And he says, uh, "Al Martino." And then Marlon says, "Well, um, you you should get him drunk before." And and uh, Mar and 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 Francis said, "Look, we I I have to make this work. Like I have no choice. <laughs> Al's in this, and you know, because I guess because he was a non-actor, they were worried. You of know. course, I'd heard that, and he went down to the corner and he bought a I don't know fifth of bourbon or something. And they he came in and he put the table in front of Marlon and he said, "Okay, you take the first drink now." And That's it a really lie. broke. That's a lie. And it was very it was a very great moment. Dad always just spoke of it such a high, highly of Marlon. And uh, then obviously when the slap came, dad was a little inebriated, so <laughs> it wasn't as hard, you know, and I think Marlon did that on purpose, they really got along. But other than that, I think dad, I don't know if ever felt 100% comfortable on that set. Well, I could understand. When, you, when you're in any place or anybody's house that you're not wanted, how could you be comfortable? <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, I always thought that the reason Al, well, the Coppola may have had a chip on his shoulder about dad is because he couldn't go against what he wanted. You know, he wanted to cast that part and it was exactly. given to him. How do you think he felt about me? I can only imagine, tell me. <laughs> oh no, I mean, I, I I dismissed him at a rehearsal in Patsy's on 119th Street. The first rehearsal, the whole cast, your father wasn't there, it was the family, you know, a different principles. And, uh, and I'm hearing Brando saying the same thing you're saying. He came to me. First of all, they said, no eye contact with Mr. Brando. Don't approach him. Don't do anything. I didn't care about the guy. I was up on Patches 119th Street all my life, long before I became an actor. In fact, I went up early to meet all the mob guys out in the front. It was Fat Tony Solano's giant. And then Brando comes to me. And we heard the story a hundred times. I'm going to make a fast thing out of it. But he wanted to get me fired right then and there. 
No, I don't know protocol. I've never been on a set in my life. So I said to Francis, go over there a minute. I dismissed the director, and he left because he hated me so much. And he didn't know who I was because I had a Chinese chick chauffeur outside with a, a 65 foot Bentley at the time. And, and you know, it, uh, and the guy left. And then I put my arm around Brando, and I took him in the back room and changed his mind. But they didn't want me in. And, and Francis, because he told him, he said, you got to get a better actor. And he's like, I can't. Just like that and walked away. That's how frustrated he was. Francis yeah. was because he had no control. Garrett, Garrett, you know, the, um, I'm, I I know we could talk forever about this. I think Dad losing Vegas uh, as a result of, of doing that movie was hard at the time. But now looking back, I'm really glad he did the film. <laughs> you know, and I'm really glad. Oh, no, my God, yeah. No. He didn't, you know, was advised not to take the part. And he said, well, you know, I'm not going to play Vegas from this. I'm willing to take my shot. And now it's the greatest movie, you know, considered the greatest movie ever made. It is the greatest movie ever made. And I'm very, we're, we're really proud of his scenes. And uh, oh, he yeah. never really did movies after that because he was a singer. He wasn't pursuing acting. He right. didn't do the second one, the third one. Maybe he did three. No, but it was, but I mean, like you said, I think in all the things your father had done prior to it, to have this accolade now, yeah. it's a great credit. Forget about it. I mean, to me. She wants to inter interject something, darling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Allison, let me ask you this. So, obviously, your your father went through a lot, was blacklisted in, in Vegas, was given a hard time by Sinatra to not take the part. After all, what did what did being in The Godfather mean to your father? Well, okay, it's what it means. It's it's very interesting that you're also known as Johnny Fontaine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm getting older and new generations of, 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 of kids are coming up discovering movies. I used to be able to say maybe 30 years ago, my dad's Al Martino. Oh, I love Spanish eyes. Now I'll say my dad's Al Martino. Uh, uh, Johnny Fontaine in the Godfather. Oh, yes. You know, yeah. that is really powerful. To be known as a character is nothing to be ashamed of. You know, that that is that's making it in, in the film iconic history. I love that. Every time Paramount sends a clip of The Godfather, whether it's on Entertainment Tonight or AFI or Best Films of All Made, it's always my dad's scene with Marlon. So oh, I yeah, think that's, that's a great scene. Great, proud of that. And, uh, and because he was a live act singer and he was on show business on the road all the time, he got to incorporate those songs into his act. And so it, it became part of an extra oh, layer. Oh, my God, it was a layer. That, and, and no matter where he appeared because of that and adding that, the, the room would go crazy. Hello. Well, you know, back in like in the seventies, when the movie was the biggest thing in the world, that the, the promoters tried to book it as Al Martino, Johnny Fontaine, and The Godfather. You know, just to, exactly. Movie, sure. You know, these movies were exploding at the time. This new Hollywood, and you know, no one had ever heard of Al Pacino or even you know at that time. So yeah. they were like, but I I think Dad got screwed again <laughs> on another end because when The Godfather had its premiere in New York. They asked Andy Williams to sing the love theme from The Godfather in the lobby and not Dad. Well, that was the first time, you know why? At, at the St. Regis Hotel that night, Andy Williams sang it that night. Yeah, he was. He heard about it. At the party. No, he, he, he that's, was it. I mean, I think he was more mad about that than anything. Well, that's, you know, again, because again, that's, 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 that's Hollywood. 
dad said it was because Bob Evans was like indebted to Andy Williams for the past movies he had done with him. But I still think that was dad's song. And then Andy released it as a single. So dad didn't even get the song from the film on the radio was Andy's version. I know. I knew when, I knew when that whole thing came down. <laughs> yeah. It was a lot of avalanches. But, but looking back on it, the, they can make a miniseries all they want. They can tell all the lies they want. They can fabricate all they want. They, that movie, you're in it. My dad's in it. That's what matters at the end of the day. It's a perfect film. And it's, it's ours. It's our legacy. So uh, let well, them I'm, ma- I'm making, well, I shouldn't say this on, on the radio, but I'm making a lot of money worldwide on The Godfather. Good. Yeah. Daily. <laughs> I got Clemenza's meat sauce in a jar. I'm selling it. I love it. You have to send me some, please. <laughs> no, it's so funny. you know another movie in the works too. Barry Levinson's got a movie coming out on the. I know. Camera. There's three of them actually. Yeah. And, and Bar- Bar- Barry's doing a movie. Movie. I think uh, yeah. Jake Gillinghall, whatever his name is, he's in yeah, it. Yeah, uh, uh, I mean, it's, I, I think it's, that movie is more about Francis and 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 very in, uh, more more about Francis. I don't think it's a behind the scenes. Oh no no date. no! Yeah, it's the, what they went through and the, the, yeah. the threats and, and, and that nobody wants to talk about. So Barry's yeah. doing it. I like Barry. You know, I was looking online and I saw that the desk that my dad gets slapped on, you know, is oh is in is at Francis Winery. Oh, it's right? been there forever. Yeah. I've, I've made five or six calls to the P- PR people there to say I want to come. Uh, not they don't care. <laughs> oh, they don't care. <laughs> funny to me. I don't know. It's just kind of funny. Like, no. yeah, it's, that's an iconic scene when our, my dad, can I come see it and just like walk in? Why don't you the- just go in and see it? Anybody oh, no, I'm can. Going, I wanted them to know. I wanted to test and see how they would, how they would, if they would, you know. I don't know, Johnny. <laughs> no, just walk up there, you know. Oh, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna check it out. I already I heard the wineries might even be for sale. I, I don't I don't know if he's yeah. gonna still have it. No, he's he's living in Argentina. Yeah, yeah. But I wonder what he thinks of the miniseries and if he's working with Al Ruddy and if he's dictating some stories. I I don't know. I don't know if he's even being asked. He may be not even being asked. Yeah. You know that's a big number to get that get him involved. Is talking about all the it, you know but you know I understand. First of all, I, I feel sorry for you because it's, they're talking about your father. But in, in in Hollywood, they don't have a conscience. Right. There's no conscience you know, there. But that, thank God we have you and Zooms and podcasts and be able to tell our own truth and our oh, stories. Oh, yeah. I think you're going to capitalize on this. You're going to be happier, I think. Where, where well, I'm happy that... This is the first time I've talked about it, so I'm really happy to, that it's you, yeah. who's, who's better going to understand the, you know, some of the crap that we all had to suffer from after that movie. But it's still the greatest movie, and I keep looking at it like, and I know it was very hurtful for Dad with the, with the music and the Andy Williams and the and the losing Vegas, and I, it, it was really hard. But I think towards the end of his life, then he would get recognized on the street as Johnny Fontaine, and and the movie just became more and more and more and more revered. Right happy with taking that part <laughs> oh yeah how could he not be i mean he, right you know and unleash your father is known as a, a great singer from a great yeah. movie i'm known i'm known as a wife beater it didn't do anything for my love life <laughs> <laughs> i don't think about that oh <laughs> well my dad 
guy was putting horses' heads in people's beds, so I don't know. <laughs> no, he didn't do that, no. Well, you know, supposedly Cordelion did. Don Cordelion did. I was just thinking, your uh, new line of clothes, you should have a white Vita Carlo t shirt. Who, me? Yeah. I do. What are you talking about? I have them in every color. I actually have the orange suit that Jimmy Kahn gave me a beating in, in my line of clothes. Really? Yeah. Very yeah. good marketing, you know, Pat. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and you know what it says in little embroidery in the corner? Carlo didn't get me. <laughs> it's a white beaded t-shirt, it's huge. Wait till you see them. And that is a joke, who knew? No, no, wait till you see it. It's insane. That'll, and if anybody's listening, it's he's talking about La Cosa Mia by Gianni. It's a worldwide uh, clothing line, and I'm happy to say it, it launches this month, July. And our biggest store was Dillage, 380 stores, the first PO. Everybody said, oh, well, how are you going to market it? They called us. <laughs> <laughs> All right, if I can get back to Allison real quick. Allison, so for people who may only know you as, you know, Al Martino's daughter and may not know what you're involved in, tell us a bit about what you do. So I guess in the last 10 years, I've been documenting L.A., <laughs> Los Angeles history, and um, my brand, Vintage L.A., has kind of taken off, and I do uh, reporting on Spectrum News Channel 1 now, uh, history of, of L.A., um, so I'm sort of like a curator, a collector, a storyteller. I, I, um, but the brand, the brand name, say it clear, is, is Vintage LA. Vintage Los Angeles. And, oh, uh, I'm sorry, Vintage Los Angeles. See, I, I don't even know that. Let our viewers know that. A, yeah, it's about a million, you know, maybe about a million followers, which is really amazing. And I never imagined that anybody loved the history of LA more than me, but there's a lot of, of amazing people out there that help me curate this thing we're doing. Basically, I didn't want to do vintage Hollywood because I didn't want it to always be about movie stars. I wanted it to be about architecture and food and restaurants and street names. And so it's just everything um, about LA. That's great, good. Yeah. And you, are you no, no longer like with CNN or doing any of that? Well, now I'm with Spectrum News now. Oh, that's even better. So Johnny, I went from behind, I went from behind the camera to on camera. Well, that's great. That's perfect. Yeah. I, I don't know. So it's been very good. I think having all of the, the producing background was, was good because I used to produce this show called Mysteries and Scandals on E! And then I did a lot of reality TV but in the beginning, like the Anna Nicole Smith show and um, Trading Spaces and stuff like that. And then I wanted to, then I started getting to producing Celebrity Rehab and all these uh, really hard shows that I said, I want to get back to show business. This is not show business anymore. Yeah. So then back to doing the vintage LA and then I curate movies around Los Angeles and show old films and interview like I would love to interview you when I showed I showed The Godfather recently and um and I might be showing movies over at the Hollywood Roosevelt oh that's um, great I love that hotel yeah, like I, I want to show like Bob Carroll Ted and Alice and Heaven can wait and Diane Cannon happens to be my neighbor so I think she'll come she'll come with me to the first one hopefully oh, that's great. I've been asked <laughs> well, she, she's she's Pressure's pretty off. she's pretty introvert. I mean, she's wild. What? She's an introvert, basically. She's she's fun. I got her on Instagram, and she's loving it. Oh, good, <laughs> so, good, good, good. Yeah, yeah. No, it's funny. And uh, you know, so you're in New York full time. 
I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, well, I'm a lot of places, but I don't publicize when I'm moving. Yeah, okay. I'm in New York most of the time. Yeah. 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 Well, when you come to L.A., we should screen The Godfather, and you and I should get a live audience and go to town. Oh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> oh, that sounds like a great idea. Yeah. A million-dollar theater, it's open, or the Roosevelt, or the Arrow, or something. I mean, I think when the 50th, you and I should definitely. I'm, I'm in with the Egyptian and the American Cinematheque and all that, so. I, I just want to see. Godfather, I, we'll have know, more uh, spies, and then we'll know what we'll do, you know, what what we should do. To, yeah. To Are you in touch? Other cast members? Um, no, no. I mean, yeah. Pacino and De Niro, but I mean, but, but Jimmy's uh, Jimmy's in a wheelchair now, you know. Mm-hmm. And he's not. Well, well Al Pacino is a doll, and a, oh, he's, he's a the sweet, best. I mean, Dan Tan is all the time, and oh and my they god, just, yeah. adore him. You know, <laughs> it, it, it's funny you should mention Dan Tanner's. I was in Dan Tanner's with Pacino one night, and and he and with. Um, Oh, Jesus. Uh, I don't know if I should mention his name. Anyway, he was sitting with somebody. And that's how the movie Any Given Sunday came about. Cause oh. Because you know I had something to do with football. My brother owned the Denver Broncos. And that, that movie's huge for me. You know, I don't know if you know, I've done 16 motion pictures that I produced beyond the 46 I've been in. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, no, it's been a great career for me, you know. As my son reminded me, Father's Day, you know, in a year, a year and a half, you're going to be 80 years old, Dad. I said, great. Thank you. And I, and I hung up on him. <laughs> well, Johnny, what does the Godfather legacy mean to you? What, what, how does, it, oh how does God. it feel 50 years later? To me, as far as, I don't know what I would do or be without the Godfather, to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, to me, I, I've owned this brand now for seven years have a lot of money invested in it and now I'm getting the accolades I want from that I mean my wines and vodkas I just expanded that to 36 brands worldwide no I mean I'm leaving I'm leaving uh, a legacy I mean I have but I don't know if you know this <laughs> we haven't spoken for a while I have a, a total of 21 children at this point I, I do know this yes <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Oh, Jenny, we're busy. <laughs> so I'm, that's including my grandchildren. You know, I have grand, ten grandsons, nine well, sons, and two daughters. I mean, when I saw you at CNN, the time before I saw you, remember when we all went to the 25th anniversary of The Godfather? Oh yeah, my God, yeah. And you and I and my mom and my dad at the Alex Rocco, we all rode in the car together. Yeah, and that that was up in San Francisco. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And then we went to that Jimbo's party after. The whole cast was there. Everyone was there but Marlon. Uh, well, Marlon ain't going nowhere. <laughs> yeah, she $15. <laughs> I, I was with him. In, um, I was with him and Michael Jackson and Elizabeth Taylor the the last day of his life. We convinced him to go into the hospital. He was really? 380 pounds. Oh, yeah. But oh. I gave him his biggest paycheck, you know, in... in uh, and um, the freshman, uh-huh. he got fifteen uh-huh. million dollars for that. The biggest paycheck ever. Michael that Bell, was- Andrew Bergman, great movie though. Good movie. No. But that was a very, very memorable evening being at the twenty fifth anniversary of the Godfather. Oh, yeah. I can't twenty five years now later, but uh, it was really fascinating to watch the red carpet. Well, and they see treated. All- they treated everybody like human beings. I don't know what they're doing now. 
we won't even get an invitation. No, we won't. No, 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 no. That's how I look at it. I don't care. Well, we um, I tell people yeah. I go to the bank, not the podium. <laughs> I'm very, very curious to see what that, how they're going to you know, end this series and what it's going right. to end up being. No. Well, we'll have to come back, and you'll have to come back. Yes. We'll, and, we'll definitely and, and do it. I'll be closer. As soon as the series wraps and we see the all 10 episodes, I'm coming back. No, no. I mean, any, anybody's asking me you know, about anything because I'm on. I'm on so many things. I'll let them know if you don't mind. You should contact Allison Martino. She has a couple of stories about the Godfather. Sure. A lot of look, people don't know how to get in touch with you. So I mean, look what I have here. Here's the original script. That's great. Oh, I love that. Yeah, super fragile, but everybody It's it. That one all signed. By the cast. You still have yours, Johnny? I I brought a new one every day and I had everybody sign it. Oh, <laughs> <awesome>. <laughs> no, I went, I sold one for eighteen thousand so far. Yeah, they're 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 not very easy to find. You know, they're they're. Uh, I they're brought I I had you know this you know the uh, the PA. I made a deal with the kid. I gave him some money. I said, give me a new script every day. He said, you can't tell anybody. I said, no, don't worry. I'm going to give you this amount of money. So in my dressing room, I had a new script. And every day I'd walk around when we were all in the houses there and had everybody sign it. And they said, what are That's you doing? Selling these? I said, eventually. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the one that Mar that uh, Bob Evans brought over to the house. Oh, that's great. And, uh, it, it's, just, it's been with them ever since. And... Uh, like I said, they're just they're hard to get. I remember, I think Al Ruddy didn't even have one, and, and his wife found him one on an auction. Oh, oh yeah. My God. Yeah. Well, no, so I got, I, too bad. Are there any signatures in it, though? No, no, nothing. No, mm -hmm. see, that's the value. No. no. Pacino's signature brings that up to 15000 I I know everybody's price. I, I yeah. Know. So, I mean, it's... Yeah. Uh, you at least have the keepsake for yourself. <laughs> yeah. I mean... It's it's beyond memorabilia to me. It's, it's oh yeah it's, for you. Oh, no, I'm oh, saying right. that's why you know. Too bad you know. I have a lot of them, but signed. I have the original garbage pail cover on my bar. Oh my gosh. Me Megan saw. It. I got it. I got it framed. <laughs> well, mine's not going anywhere. I'm gonna de I'm gonna probably donate to the Smithsonian when I'm old or something. There you, <laughs> go. you know, it's pretty special. Yeah. All right, we will definitely have you back on as this gets closer. Oh yeah, tell me about it. Two movies. Well, the movie will be out next year, and the miniseries. So we have a lot to talk about. Oh, long before that, we're going to start. We'll talk again. Yeah, funny long. time. And uh, thanks for having me. This no, is no, <laughs> please, please, and give my best to Lovely. your mother. Always good to see you, Johnny. My pleasure, always. Okay. All right, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks, Allison. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's make some money. Yep. All right. Thanks for seriously. It was great. All right, my love. You got my emails and everything. Call me. I do. I do. And let me know when it when this is going to air and I can promote it. Okay. Yeah, Megan will help oh, you with that. Easy. Keep in touch with you. Okay. Definitely. And I'll send you that picture and a couple other. Things oh, I too. think no. That picture is going to be great. Yeah. I think it's going to be really because because that's yeah. what we were talking about the subject matter and people would like love to see that picture. You know. For sure. All right, everyone. All right. Bye.
Good night, my love. Thank you. Bye. Okay, bye. Be right back. We're going to make some money and then get into the mailbag. We'll find out who's writing us now. We'll be right back. Welcome, everybody. And I'm so happy to be able to tell you tonight that we are expanding not only the show, not only how you can participate and share into so many different facets of my life and the life of this podcast and the world we created, we are going to expand our family. You're going to have an opportunity to actually join our family. And it'll be up to you how far you go in our family by the purchases of things we're putting out to you, um, the opportunities that you could take advantage of, like having a one-on-one conversation with me, having me visit your home while you have 10 people for dinner. There's so many things that you're going to be so excited. Just go to HollywoodGodfatherFamily.com and we'll have all the information you want. And believe me, I want you in my family. Don't let me come looking for you. Okay, we're back. Let's hear some news or letters or correspondence or whatever they are. All right. First, we have from Madsen. This says, Gianni, clearly your life changed drastically after The Godfather, but would you say your life has changed since Hollywood The Godfather? If so, how? Would I say did what? Talk? what your life since Hollywood Godfather. The book. Oh, Hollywood Godfather changed more than The Godfather. I think The Godfather was a plateau as a young kid. You know, we're talking about 50 years later. I think Hollywood Godfather has been, to me, more important because people now know who I am as a human being. And, uh, you know, I'm not the wife beater that gave up the Connie. And I'm a real person that. And I don't mind saying it, that was, you know, hurt as a kid and and the trials and tribulations. I think people can explain. And fortunately, Pat wrote an amazing book that's still selling. And I hear people come up to me now and they say, wow, man, I thought you were just a, a, a you know, a jerk or whatever to clean that up. And, well, they're, hug- uh, and they're hugging me on the, they're hugging me on the street. No, they're hung me on the street. So, to, it's yeah. an accolade to your uh, acting ability. Yeah. I think it's you. Yeah, yeah. No, so to answer that question, I think Hollywood Godfather really made the difference in my life. All right. Next is from yes. Lynn says, I'm from Boston and would love to know if you have any stories about Boston and specifically Whitey Bulger. Was the mob looking for him because he was such a rat? Did you hear anything about his murder in jail? Was it a hit or really just some random prisoner? Well, I would think it was a hit. <laughs> Whitey wasn't very well liked. And a lot of, as people don't know, people in prison try to shake you down knowing that he had money. But I don't, I, I can only assume. But I like Whitey. I mean, he was an I, FBI informant for 20 years. And once that's out, that that never goes away. Hello. So even if there was a sanction hit, this is a, some guy doing two life sentences. Yeah. What does he? There's a third life sentence. It's a He's, rat. It's a rat. It's a rat. Whitey Bulger. Yeah. He's famous in his own circle. Yep. 
And other uh, than that, we can't talk about anybody else because a lot of my people in Boston are very much alive. <laughs> All right, next is from Eve. Eve says, Gianni, how did you get along with Diane Keaton? I love Diane Keaton. She's such a hoot. Crazy. I mean, totally. I think she's, uh, we, in fact, you know, a, a very nice person. I've, I used, I've seen her numerous times for lunch in Beverly Hills and around the neighborhood. She's another person that's very private. And um, she's had a good career when you think about it. All right. Next is from Robert. Robert says, Gianni, have you ever met Sonny Liston, the fighter, and do you know if the mob had anything to do with his demise? No. I met Sonny Liston numerous times. I don't know why the mob would have something to do with his demise. But Just overdosed. He was a heroin user. Yeah. That's hard to believe, too, because he was. He, he had a bad habit, and he uh, gave, gave himself a hot shot. Just OD. That's what I heard. In fact, uh, his supplier was very upset because he owed him a lot of money. <laughs> no, he was never going to get it. All right. Next is from Nick. Nick says, just wanted to let you know that your stories are amazing and top-notch. My question is, Gianni, since you and Sinatra were friends, I have to ask, did you and Ava Gardner ever interact with each other? If, she, if so, what was she like? I can say that now. I would never say, well, Frank was alive. <laughs> Ava Gardner, I loved Ava. I mean, picture a kid, 17, 18 years of age, in Jack and Trotter's pool as the sun's coming up. And in the pool is Angie Dickinson, is Marilyn Monroe, Ava Gardner, Julia Prowse, all skinny dipping. Hello. And these guys were all drunk, laid out on the pool inebriated, didn't know who was doing what and where. So uh, being a gentleman, that's all I will say right now. <laughs> all right. Next is from Sebastian. Sebastian says, Gianni, have you ever heard of Johnny Roselli being called Colonel Ralston? And if he was the one who killed Sam, Sam Giancana? He did not kill Sam, no. He did not kill Sam. Know, a, a guy from the neighborhood that was in that kitchen almost every day killed Sam. No, Johnny, Johnny was already dead, I think. Yeah. Yeah, Johnny was already dead. He was floating in a barrel, a 50-gallon barrel, which came up. They didn't anchor it very well. And the funniest thing, the guys who put him in the barrel, Johnny Roselli always had uh, monogram this, monogram that, but not the normal little monograms. He had big JRs on everything. So when they, they he, rigor mortis set in, don't ask how I know this, and they had to cut off his legs to get him into the barrel to seal it. And when they sealed the barrel and brought it out to the, the bay to drop it, they sprayed paint on it, JR like fools, and it surfaced. <laughs> And created a, a lot, of, a lot of problems for a lot of people. But anyway, no, he did not kill Sam. All right, last one for tonight is from Jerry. Jerry says, "Love your podcast and your great banter between you guys." I was wondering if you had any knowledge of Johnny Stampanato and Lana Turner. 
keep it up and can't wait to see you perform live sometime. Uh, what I know about Johnny Stompanato is a great looking guy and, and what everybody else knew. I mean, that was just on the verge of me getting into Hollywood that, at that young age. But you know, it, uh, Lana's daughter went to her mother's defense. He was crazy and crazy jealous and physical with her. So that's why the daughter stepped in and got away with it. Um, she, she, I don't know if the, the audience knows that she killed Johnny Stampanato, stabbed him to death. So, as a teenage kid. And with that... <laughs> that is all we have time for tonight. Biddy, 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 that's all, folks. Well, thank you all again for tuning in. And we have some great shows coming up, great guests. You can only imagine as we approach the Godfather 50th anniversary like we did tonight with Allison and different guests who have been uh, in the periphery or the in the in the shadows of being made this is what we're going to be doing and having fun with it god bless you all stay healthy good night pat good night megan good night everybody guys If you're feeling sad and lonely, there's a service I could render. I'm the one who loves you only. I could be so warm, so tender. Call me. Don't be afraid, you can call me. Maybe it's late, but just call me. Tell me and I'll be around. Or when it seems your friends desert you. Thank you for tuning in to the Hollywood Godfather podcast. Contact Gianni Russo, Patrick Picciarelli, or myself with your questions and comments through the contact section of our website, hollywoodgodfatherpodcast.com. Also call and leave us a message at 646-776-3038. Regarding Gianni's motivational speaking appearances, you can visit his website, giannirusso.com. Also visit amazon.com for a listing of books Patrick Picciarelli has written. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Hollywood Godfather Podcast, as well as leave us a review on iTunes. To know what you like about what we're doing, you'd like to hear in the future, anything else you might suggest to improve our podcast. Most importantly, hit the subscribe button. Back next week with stories of the mob and Hollywood, as well as answers to your emails and voicemails. Good night.